Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Absolutely Not. I am your host, Katrina Stroll. I am a certified career coach and HR consultant who created this space because I have difficulty setting boundaries, and I realize so many other professionals out there also have difficulty setting boundaries. So we need this resource in order to not have difficulties doing that anymore. Before we jump into today's amazing topic, I'd like to define some of the words that we use frequently on the show. The first being boundary, something that indicates or fixes a limit. An example of that would be an agreement that you have with someone that you work with so that you can continue to work with that person in a healthy relationship. Oh, I love that example. Gaslighting to manipulate someone by psychological means into questioning their own sanity. For example, if you bring a concern to your manager and they say, are you sure about that? Maybe you're overreacting about the situation. That's gaslighting. Dismissive, showing that something is unworthy of consideration. For example, if you bring another concern to your manager or anyone on your team, really, and they say, well, that's just how it is. You know, that's how it's always been. Just let that roll up right off your back. That's dismissive. It also indicates that they know that the problem exists. Today's episode is entitled, Let's Set the Record Straight. Yes, we are ready to do so. My special guest today is the amazing Kristen Bell. Kristen is a certified people and diversity practitioner with a primary focus on creating access to opportunity for people from historically excluded groups. Her core mission is to empower others to take action in navigating their careers and achieving overall wellness through access to information. Oh my goodness. She has served in the human resources and DEI space within several industries, such as higher education, banking, healthcare, and technology. Kristen is the owner of Refined Directions Enterprise, LLC, a DEI and career consulting agency, and the drum roll, host of the newly created Let's Set the Record Straight podcast. It will be released in June 2021. She believes that when people challenge your intelligence, you show them how brilliant brilliant you really are. Oh my goodness, Kristen, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Katrina, you already know, I'm super pumped. (laughs) And I am too. Uh, First of all, a brand new podcast, ma'am. Yes, yes. Podcast, and let's let's make note here, this podcast was inspired by Katrina when she reached out to me for this episode. And I was actually at that point going through a difficult time transitioning between employment and it was a way to have a healthier outlet. So thank you for the inspiration, whether you knew it or not. Oh no, oh no. Um, We're just gonna gonna smooth right past that and jump into, let's talk about the title of your podcast and today's episode. What, what inspired the title? Yes, so when I think about set the record straight, a couple of things come to mind. Um, part of that is um, correction and mending, meaning to you know, make the truth known or get the facts out there. Many times when we let things go unaddressed or uh, unchallenged or unnoticed, um, people create their own narratives. 
And so setting the record straight is getting the facts out there, but most importantly, two big things to keep in mind, correction and mending. Um, sorry, I'm taking a moment to process that because it's so powerful. She said correction and mending, not the first, not just the first part, correcting somebody, but then mending the relationship shortly after because there is a rift in it and we can feel it. My goodness. So let's set the record straight. How does boundaries help with setting the record straight? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think first off, uh, the definition or how I would define boundaries, like you mentioned earlier, our boundaries are essentially an agreement, right? So either with yourself or with others. And I think that it has to first be an agreement with yourself or others in order for it to actually be a boundary. And from my own personal experience, many times we discover what our boundaries are, what they should be um, by the emotions that we experience when we interact with others or during our own self-exploration, like in therapy. Um, I've been in therapy quite a bit and it's been very helpful just to figure out what are my triggers? Um, and you don't figure it out all at once. It's a growing, it's a process. Um, but also thinking about the reasons that we set boundaries, right? So we set boundaries usually for one or two reasons. The first thing is accountability, whether that could be uh, personal development and growth, or the second thing is protection. And that could be physical, emotional, or psychological safety, right? So the, the importance and why we need to set the boundaries. And again, setting boundaries is so crucial because it can be difficult to keep healthy and positive boundaries and relationships, especially when we let other people violate those things um, and, and violate things and create emotions or help to stir up emotions within ourselves. Um, and it can be incredibly frustrating, I'll say, to, to draw lines, especially when you've had them crossed again and again, right? Um, I just want to repeat that word violate so that y'all can grasp how much allowing somebody to cross your boundaries, like, oh, that word just sounds awful. It sounds harmful. It sounds detrimental to my health to allow someone to violate me. Wow, Kristen, um, you came with it. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. Um, do you have difficulty setting boundaries at all? You know, I have to be honest, I do. And uh, I, I say that I do and, and, and work I do anyways. And it's because usually I'm the person that kind of really wants to be liked or I'm in a position where I definitely have to be able to have healthy relationships with the folks that I work with. And, you know, in with talking about boundaries and even violating them, most people really don't intentionally violate the boundaries that we have. Sometimes they do so out of ignorance, um, lack of critical thought, or you know, because that's their go-to strategy for building any kind of relationships with someone. Uh, so in the workspace, one of the things that I usually start off doing is I want to come in listening and getting to know people to build healthy relationships with them. Some people, when they go in to build relationships, they want to know about if you're married, if you got kids you know, where you live at, where you're from, what part of town are you in, X, Y, and Z, right? So some of those things for me have been challenging. And so I tend to now be a very private person. And that's been a struggle, right? Is being able to quickly remember the boundaries that I set for myself when I start at a new organization or if I have a new client saying, hey, you know, I'm a pretty private person, right? So sometimes having sticky notes on the computer somewhere helps or just kind of taking my time before I respond or swallow, sip some water. 
get it together. Because <laughs> you want to be mindful of that relationship that you're trying to build, but also, you know, also respecting your own boundaries. Right. Respecting your own boundaries. I think so often when we move into new organizations or workplaces, that's the first thing everybody's like, let's talk about everything on the planet um, that involves you. Go. Like, oh, I am a private person. Step one. <laughs> so calm your little whatever down. Um, and step two, that's not within my boundaries or expectations of this role. Um, I did not expect to share all of that. Have you ever had to set boundaries um, off the jump like that as soon as you joined an organization? I have. And uh, it was pretty interesting. And I think the way that I did it, you know, made it to where I was able to salvage and really still create those good relationships. And, you know, sometimes you just have to say it somewhat jokingly. Um, and then sometimes people will come back privately and ask, you know, I was like, hey, you know, I'm a pretty private person. Here's what I'll share with you. Right. And let them know, you know, hey, here's why I'm private and work our way up to building that trust to be able to openly share. Um, I think sometimes people feel entitled to know why you're not sharing certain information. And let's be clear, you don't have to, right? You, you give the explanation if you're comfortable doing so. Sometimes people really need or want to know the why behind something. Um, so usually I don't have a problem giving the why. I'll tell you why I don't want to share so quickly. Um, but for the most part, it's been well-received. Um, there have been times where it has not been received. Um, and I just want to touch on how you said correct and then mend. And that, that telling the why part, that having that sidebar sounds like the mending process that you kind of described. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. You, you definitely want to be able to, to mend the relationships that you have, especially in a workspace, right? You don't want to burn any bridges or um, if it's your manager, oh my goodness, like you definitely don't want to ruin that relationship, right? That person affects uh, your money, how you navigate certain spaces throughout the organization um, or even a, a close peer. Um, so I think the mending piece and explaining the why really helps um, with that. And it also in some space, it allows you to be transparent. Say, hey, I'm not comfortable sharing so much information up front. I really like to be able to figure people out, uh, understand and build trust. And I just want you to know that. So if you feel at any time that I'm being standoffish or I'm not being completely open, you know, let's talk about it. And I'll let you know if that's something I'm comfortable sharing or, you know, if I'm not there yet. Right because it, this is our journey. We don't have right. to share it with everybody. I love that. I know that you mentioned that sometimes it wasn't re well received, even with the mending process at the end. Could you talk about one of those times? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I won't obviously, well, name specifics or companies or people, um, but I did have a previous manager and you know she was very fond of my LinkedIn page. Uh, so anyone who follows me on, on LinkedIn knows that I post the truth. And I post directly. <laughs> Katrina, you're laughing. <laughs> but this, you know, this particular manager, um, you know, they try, they were attempting to somewhat tone police uh, the content that was on my LinkedIn page. And so I'm very protective of the things that are mine, whether that's social media, whether that's you know property, physical space. Um, and so it was, you know, difficult having that conversation with her saying, hey, you know, I don't appreciate you looping this into my work because my LinkedIn page is not associated with my actual work or my role um, and should not be considered there. 
right? It was also kind of keeping up a custom drama within the, the organization. Um, but being able to, you know, have that conversation with her, it wasn't real received. There was a thing that we had to involve HR for HR. Um, and that was okay. But I think at the end of the conversation that we have, you know, she really understood that, wow, I probably can't do or say X, Y, and Z to her or just speak to her any And so I think that started somewhat of a mending process towards the end of that work relationship. Um, but it was setting those boundaries, setting the expectations and creating the accountability that needed to be there. And that creating accountability piece is super important. Right. Um, because imagine if you never had that conversation, um, your manager would just continue to act like that, just continue to be like that at work. Uh oh, I got you, Katrina. Okay. You there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I just, if you had never had that conversation with your manager, they would have continued that behavior just as if you've never had that conversation, but because you brought it to their attention, um, accountability was sought. Accountability was brought to the table. That's amazing. I'm so happy. Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes when we even, especially with our managers or folks who are at a higher level rank than we are, um, that conversation even wasn't just about me, right? It was for people who were, who would be in the role or on the team after me, who may have a different opinion than that person or different thoughts or different way to express themselves. So um, when you set boundaries for yourself, yes, it is for yourself, but sometimes people do get the trickle down effect and they get what runs over um, in, the, in that same sense. Oh, and I love that sentiment because sometimes for me, it's really hard to speak up for me. So the idea of, hey, if you speak up for yourself right now, it's going to affect other people in this environment really helps me like, yeah, we got to stay strong in this. We got to set these boundaries. Oh, I love it so much. Um, so what is your go-to phrase for setting boundaries? So I think it depends on what it is, right? So I've had, I think of about five particular instances where I usually would have to set boundaries at work. Um, the first thing is around responsibilities, right? Responsibilities or duties on the job. And that could be with coworkers um, or the manager. If there is some overlap in boundaries or taking ownership of things that belong to a certain role, um, or even passing over things that, to me, that belong to a certain role, kind of piling things on the plate there um, that could potentially harm performance. Um, you know, so, so things about, I guess, the way to address those particular um, uh, instances and setting boundaries is to say, hey, this is what's in my strategy for this particular fiscal year. This is also assuming that you've had a conversation upfront about goals and performance and strategy and what's on the roadmap for that year. You know, let me know, is this a priority over something else that's listed here? Or um, is there some wiggle room or stretch time to get that completed, right? So just having the clear expectations upfront. Um, I would say boundaries and at work also around how you allow others to treat you, right? Even your managers, right? So if someone, uh, you know, wants to violate, you know, could be your personal time or um, a personal space. Maybe it's that you, I would say first to just to 
process, right? So, I, and I say process, and that's really for me, Katrina, because I need to step back <laughs> and process what just happened. Mm. And I do this so I don't react out of an emotional state, or at least I try to do that. Um, and sometimes we can have these emotionally charged responses and to understand, okay, was that a boundary that I set? Was I inconsistent somewhere setting that boundary? Was I not clear? What happened in the situation or the what was the actual action that led up to that boundary being crossed, right? So being able to assess that uh, and then deciding when is the best time and what is the best place to have that conversation. Um, one thing I've done before in the past is I set a calendar invite to talk with that person. Right. So I didn't I didn't give too much information about what the call was to say, hey, let's have a quick feedback session. And that was the accountability for myself as well, because I could have easily let that go on a dress. But uh, putting it on the calendar also forced me to have that conversation to not just hold them accountable, but to hold myself accountable um, for the boundaries that I said were important. Because if you didn't send that calendar invite, you're like, oh, I'll get around to to tell them what happened and how they crossed my boundary. But yeah, or oh, I'll just go blab about it and talk about it and complain to my Whoa. girlfriend about it. Like, oh, they pissed me off. Well, did you go talk? What like what did you say to them? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Oh my gosh, and that goes back to the accountability on both sides of this right. agreement that we have. Have you vocalized this agreement? Have y'all agreed to it? Do your expectations and values align? If not, mm-hmm. then we got to do something about that. Oh, man. So you, it, I know that you said you have difficulty setting boundaries, but it does not sound like it. So you <laughs> might be a liar. But beyond <laughs> that, um, could you give us an example of a time that you did have difficulty setting boundaries and you weren't able to process it and kind of vocalize your boundaries at work? What happened there? Yeah, and part of me is somewhat ashamed to tell the story, but I know that it was a learning experience and it happened when I was much younger in my career, when I was early on. Um, but this was a while a while ago and I was at a uh, volunteer function uh, with my team members and someone touched my hair. And it was a, so obviously there was a personal space boundary that maybe I did not set properly up front, but I, I figured out that it, it was a boundary for me going forward that someone touched my hair. And Katrina, I'm usually having the only experience where I am the only black person uh, in a department or on a team or in a leadership role within the group that I serve in. And so I think that environment itself makes it a little bit more um, difficult because I'm, I, I don't wanna be the, the quote unquote angry black woman, right? Um, but I had a coworker that touched my hair and part of me was so infuriated. I was furious. Like, how could this person touch my hair like I'm an animal or something? And I, <laughs> I couldn't even process it all the way. I just kind of like immediately swatted her hand and then moved to the other side of the room. And, you know, in hindsight, what should have happened in that moment, um, I think maybe it could have just been gathering myself up and then still having that conversation with her afterwards say hey you know I didn't appreciate you touching my hair I know that you think it's beautiful I think it look all right too sometimes but <laughs> you know that 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 violates a personal space boundary um you know even with like COVID there's sometimes people will walk up behind you and they're so close and I'm like 
man, if I have some, some long grades, then you might be in trouble. That means you're really, really close. <laughs> um, first off, thank you so much for sharing that experience with us. Um, I think that is a very common experience specifically for women that look like you and I. Um, I want to cry right now just because I've had a similar experience and without the words or techniques on how to process or how to set boundaries, we just, what the hell was that? I don't even know what happened. Um, and we, we don't really take the time to go back to that person like, hey, don't do that again. And this is why, this is my boundary. You shouldn't have done that anyway, bitch. But, um, <laughs> and, <That part. laughs> I mean, excuse everybody, but, um, it, it's so important to have these tools in your toolbox because I will let y'all know, this is something that's going to happen. It is, it, it is something that is going to happen in our lives. So we, we really need to be prepared for it. Oh my gosh. It makes me want to cry. But, um, so you had difficulty setting boundaries. What, um, who or what helped you into moving into setting healthier boundaries at work? Oh man. So shout out to my girlfriend. Um, she was very instrumental and in really giving good feedback, uh, probably because she was tired of hearing me complain, but really gave some, uh, some good pointers around, you know, how to just have a conversation, how to try to get to the root cause of things. Um, I would also say uh, shout out to my therapist. Um, I was in therapy for quite some time. I still go on a regular basis. Uh, it's great. It's really helping me to kind of discover and understand what those triggers are, what those boundaries are, what those boundaries are not, but still how to process the emotions. Um, and so a lot of role play there um, and just a lot of experience. Um, but I was really encouraged, <clears throat> uh, for instance, when I started at a new organization, I had uh, just got divorced, I had just moved, and was in the middle of changing all of my identification and everything over, and I kept worrying, like, what am I going to say if somebody asks me, are you married, you got kids, like, what am I going to say, you know, and she was just like, just say you're a very private person, right, I don't want people to come over to where I live at, I'm getting there to to transforming into a hostess. I'm not there yet, right? So I don't always want to go out to lunch or go out on the weekends, um, but I'm, I'm getting there, right? So that's, that's a personal choice, but just being able to say, hey, I'm a pretty private person. Um, and, and those are the people. So my therapist and my girlfriend are the ones who really helped me with that. Oh, I love that so much. And I love that you use the word personal, personal choice. Uh, I just want to repeat remind everybody who's listening that boundaries should be personal. Them junks should be very specific to you and your values and everything that you stand on as an individual. So because Kristen is a very private person, she don't want to host people right now. <laughs> she will <laughs> later on in life, but this is a boundary she is saying, man, so inspiring. You are amazing. Just know that. Um, <laughs> And shout out to your therapist. That's amazing that they, they have been a rock for you in this process. Um, have they given you any coping mechanisms or hobbies to do that helps you practice or move boundaries into your life? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I think you heard me reference uh, sticky notes earlier. I am the sticky note queen. So I usually will write something 
if I can anticipate maybe someone asking a certain question, depending on the situation where it may not be comfortable, I'll go ahead and write out a response of what I might say to that. Have it somewhere nearby. That could be in your phone if you are a person that likes to put everything in your phone, electronic. Um, I'm still old fashioned, so I do the journals. I write everything down. I process in journals. You would be ashamed to see the number of journals I have um, and sticky notes. Oh, I love that. And not you're writing it down once again for accountability. So when somebody asks that question, you're like, I do, damn, I do have an answer for that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, dang, I really got to give this answer, huh? Yep, <laughs> sis, you really got to give this answer. Oh my gosh. And recently, because I have my own business, I've had to start having kind of templates like that. Just like people will ask, well, your calendar only has this much time. Could you maybe make another time for me? And I have that template right there, blaring it, glaring at me, just like, no, we don't have any other times available. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that so hard? And it breaks my heart, but this is for me. It's not for right. them. It's for me. Oh, it's an, I guess it's an agreement. How is that? Let me think about that real quick. That's an agreement. Yeah, that's, okay. that's an agreement with yourself in your personal time. Yeah, absolutely. Like oh. I, I a good example here, Katrina, I promise you. So for some reason, and maybe I'll stop today, maybe not. I am very adamant about not having meetings at work on Fridays or after four o'clock PM Eastern Standard Time. Because truthfully, you don't even get the best version of me mm. on a Friday or after four o'clock. Really after three, three o'clock is pushing it, but I know I got to work. So, you know, the boundary there is because I need to be able to run before something closes if I'm not nearby or if I need to go pick something up, you know, or just kind of decompress because especially working at home with COVID, you tend to work more, work late hours. Sometimes you can open up your laptop. It's like, oh, well, let me check this email real quick, right? So being able to have enough time to decompress and to just kind of create that me time, um, that self-care time. Uh, and I would say, if you don't practice self-care, practice it. Setting your boundaries is part of self-care. Oh, and you better tell them. Oh, especially that I love that boundary of after 4 p.m. Because that's really knowing yourself. After 4, I am a whole different person. I'm tired of this. I already have Zoom fatigue. I've been to 17 um, team meetings today. I will not be alert and ready to do this for you. My gosh, I recently had to set a boundary with myself about Thursdays because Thursdays is when I have absolutely not. So Thursday is just blocked off because I'm, I want to be hyped for this. I want to be ready for this. That's, oh my gosh. But there we go again with the accountability. Oh my gosh, Kristen, leave me alone. Like what? <laughs> is that what this place is for? Um, so you still have difficulty setting boundaries, but you have rocks in your corner that are helping you move into setting healthier boundaries all the way through your life. Um, and you have coping, coping mechanisms in place. I know that your field right now, DEI is buzzing with so many clients, so many buzzwords, so many fake, not fake, excuse me, so many people who are not ready to move into that space. Um, how has setting boundaries been in this new wave of DEI or have you been able to stay constant in your boundaries in this new wave? Uh, let me give you the scoop here real quick, Katrina. So 
there is nothing that I love more, being sarcastic here, there is nothing I love more than inexperienced people creating what DEI is in an organization. Um, and that is a general statement that I say, because like you said, there are so many people who are new to the space. And I love that people are ambitious and inspired and want to see inclusion and diversity go forward. Um, but it's not a feel good thing, right? It's not a, oh, well, I want to do the right thing. Here are my thoughts, or I want to put on a bunch of programs and events. Here's, you know, here's what I want to do, right? You have to really understand the foundations of diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging in order to really cultivate something that is solid. And I think what a lot of companies tend to do, and these are companies that usually get DEI wrong, is that they'll hire somebody in and then they don't let the person do what they are hired to do, All right? So a boundary um, that I've had to set before, just in this space in general around DEI, is you know pushing back and giving the why. Uh, really explaining to people, hey, this is a two-part process, sourcing and then process improvement. Here is why this has to go first. Here is why we can't just push this out. Here is why this is you know for the next two or three fiscal years and not right now. Um, and so I think standing firm and what I know will, will create success is how I set boundaries. Uh, especially in my field of expertise. Goodness. Hey, uh, uh, oh, tell them. Uh, Precious. <laughs> and I love this. Um, for those young professionals out there, or maybe um, professionals who have decided, hey, I want to move into DEI. This is what I want to do. What are the top three tips you have for them in moving into this space and being able to set those boundaries? Yeah, I say one, figure out why. Right. So figure out why you want to move into this space. Um, and I think that you have to start there because it also needs to you have to decide, are you in it for the long haul? It is exhausting work. Um, you need to take breaks. You need to realize, are you really up for the fight? So one, figure out your why, because your why will keep you here if it's for the right reason. Uh, the second thing I would do is to, uh, to research, right? Research and learn. Um, some people tend to want to get experience first and then get certifications. I did it backwards. I got certifications first and then I got experience because I wanted to be very knowledgeable when I got into the room and interacted. So initially you get the theory component and then you get to actually practice it and practice it the right way. Uh, if you talk to many other HR professionals, you'll hear that they just kind of got thrown into it. And when you get thrown into it and you're like, oh, well, I got one or two years of experience here. I'm going to go take my SHRM CSP or my SHRM CP. No, you're not. Well, you're not going to, you're not going to pass it. And it's because most times when you get into something and you haven't studied how it's supposed to operate, you pick up on the bad habits, right? So I say to study first. And the last thing I would say is to um, get a mentor because you don't know what you don't know until somebody tells you. And it's okay not to know everything. Um, you don't know everything. And I think that if you can be okay with receiving correction um, and being open to new perspectives and ideas outside of your own, um, then that sets you up for success. And sometimes you need people to point it out and you need people to give you tips and recommendations on how to navigate in certain spaces. Kristen, that was the whole gospel. I just, I just, <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm glad we are recording because I need that for the rest of my life. 
um, the common denominator in those top three tips were a lot of looking within yourself. What, what are you standing on? Why are you moving into this space? Are you ready to study for this? And uh, do you have people in place to support you in this transition into this field? And who are going to tell you, hey, this is, this is not it. Do not do that. <laughs> um, so that's amazing. Thank you for these tips. I, I will use them. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> um, now is the part of the show where I open it up to the floor for any questions. Kristen is now in the hot seat. She knows everything about DEI. Ooh, and but I know a lot of people on this call. <laughs> so please either use the chat or come off mute and ask away. Let me move the chat real quick. I miss you too, Haley. <laughs> oh, I think this comment was about in that moment, you are shocked and not sure how to act. Glad you spoke about natural hair petting. Oh, the word petting. Yes. The, uh, the natural hair petting thing is like, is super tough. And, you know, I think it also just kind of goes back to the personal space because you shouldn't be close enough to actually touch my hair. You know, I think that if there needs to, if you're okay with people touching your hair, that's totally fine, right? But they should be asking, mm -hmm. um, hey, is it okay if I touch your hair? I think it's really pretty. If that's the thing you're okay with, that's the thing you're okay with. Me, not so much. Uh, <laughs> just say it's pretty. Thank you. And let's move on with our day. Mm -hmm. yeah. Let me talk to those people who are okay with that. <laughs> any, any, anybody okay with it? Okay. <laughs> Um, everybody just keeps saying you're amazing, your face is beautiful, um, that they miss you. Y'all don't have questions? They know me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I have questions, so that's okay. Um, could you talk about some of the reasons, we kind of touched on the reasons we don't want to anger people and stuff, but could you talk about some of the reasons why you have had difficulty setting boundaries? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think before, you know, I've usually had difficulty setting boundaries because I really want to be liked um, by people. And I am not a very combative person. I am usually pretty goofy, happy-go-lucky. And, you know, to, to have to have such a serious conversation with people, I almost have to like shift demeanors completely to have that conversation. And then I worry about, well, are they going to be, you know, walking on eggshells or being very sensitive and selective about what they say to me from this point on? You know, am I going to make them feel uncomfortable because I don't want anyone to be uncomfortable? Um, I encourage people to be very direct. And so I think, you know, just thinking about one, am I going to ruin that relationship with them or make them feel uncomfortable? And then two, is the word going to spread that, oh, you don't want to say that to Kristen because she's going to X, Y, O, you know, you, you, be, you want to be mindful about how it makes other people feel. Um, I think that was my biggest thing was just thinking about somebody else other than myself. Oh, and, and now we know that boundaries are for ourselves and to keep ourselves safe. So they're okay to have those conversations. I love mm -hmm. it. I love it. So, someone in the chat asked, oh, look, are there any DEIB professionals that you draw inspiration from? Absolutely. Um, one of my favorite folks uh, at this point, just recently, um, Kara Pelletier. She uh, was a previous leader that I had a chance to work with. 
Um, she was, you know, e extremely amazing. And she really taught me how to make time for myself as well as to uh, listen, just to listen. And that was one of the, I think one of the most important things I've learned is to listen. The powerful messages we are receiving. Um, someone else asked, do you think that setting boundaries is more difficult for women? Oh no, hey, she done. And I feel like whenever I hear about this topic, it's never a man who is bringing it up. I don't want to generalize, but it's just what I've seen. Tell them, Hayden. Hmm, that's a really good question. And I want to be careful not to, to generalize either. Um, you know, I think sometimes, and, and I'll speak for me here, I think as a woman in the workspace, there have been times where I've been careful or um, it's been more difficult for me to set a boundary. Um, just because I wanted to, I didn't want to be perceived as difficult to work with, right? Um, or emotional, right? So I didn't want to be labeled as someone that, that couldn't do the job, that was too emotionally involved, that was too sensitive, um, or that was nitpicking. And so I don't really hear too much about, you know, men having troubles um, setting boundaries, but I do know that, you know, people, people struggle. Right. So I think that's what I got. Hopefully that answers your question, Haley. And Haley, just so you know, this is a podcast where all my special guests talk about setting boundaries. <laughs> uh, and I, I do have a diverse set of special guests that come on, including men. So there are men out there that have difficulty setting boundaries. If you need examples, follow my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kristen, and thanks to you both for having this conversation. It's reassuring to know that boundary setting is a skill we're all working on. Yeah. Oh, Andrew, oh, Kristen, do you know Andrew? I do know Andrew. Mm -hmm. I do, and I'm going to do a shameless plug here because you've mentioned men who have been on the podcast. If you have not watched uh, Elijah's episode on emotional intelligence and boundaries, go back and watch it. He was really good. He was really good. And um, he definitely dove into why you may see less men talking about emotions and boundaries. So, yeah. Thank you for the plug. Um, I have one last question for you. The cool. line of work that you are in is heartbreaking, heart-wrenching, and really difficult. It's specifically for someone who looks like you. Um, this is not surface level work, it is like part of who we are. Um, why do you stay in this field? Why do you continue doing this? It's not for me. It's, it's to create access to opportunity for other people. It really is. Um, don't make me cry, woman. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I've always been somewhat of a very tough person, I like to believe. Um, and, but there are people who are not as tough. And so when you go through certain things, it's not just for you. And so when you get to a certain point in your career, or you get to a space to be able to help somebody else, you should do that. And I firmly believe that. So it's the creating access to opportunity. And I know that if I don't do the work, then maybe someone coming behind me may not have that same opportunity. Let's not cry. <laughs> ah! 
Oh my gosh. You know what? And I needed that confirmation today. Um, this work that you do, this work that I do, it, it comes from a place within us. It, um, and every day I, I kind of ask myself that same question, like, girl, why are you still having this conversation <laughs> about boundaries? But it, it's so that somebody else can, can, can have the skills that they need to move forward. And Kristen, I'm crying right now because if you do not have the same passion as Kristen moving into DEIB, please, please go sit down. Like, <laughs> like what? what? I just, I just cannot, like, I just can't. <laughs> um, sorry, Kristen, you are so fearless. Thank you so much for your dedication. You're both, I'm crying now too. Diddy, stop. <laughs> yeah, thank y'all for the love. <laughs> uh, Adrian asked, what trainings do you recommend when it comes to DEI? Yeah, absolutely. So is this trainings for, um, for self, if you're in the profession, or if it's just trainings in general um, for the business? Or just personal trainings? Um, they said both. For both. So I would say maybe look at AIRS for a diversity training. Um, they are pretty good about providing you with not just um, videos and actual quizzes, but they give you resources that you can hang on to for a lifetime, uh, as long as you recertify, of course. Uh, so that's a good, a good space to start in. Uh, also, if you check out the Institute for Diversity, they have a long list of just trainings in general about self-awareness, about different biases. Um, they also uh, offer a program that could lead you to get certified as a diversity practitioner. Um, I would check out, this, is, this may sound so simple and so redundant, but uh, check out a few books, right? Check out some books around diversity and there are some lists. Um, and Katrina, I could probably send you a list of books to, to share in like the show notes or something. Um, but those books around diversity are not just for, you know, saying that you read them. They really cause you to do the internal work and the internal processing for yourself, um, which is also a, a good space to be in, especially doing the work. That was, man, resources, and I love it. Um, does anyone else have any other questions before we wrap it up for tonight? Excuse me if y'all hear a small child yelling in the background. <laughs> no questions? Great. Um, before we wrap it up, Kristen, do you have any other golden nuggets you'd like to share with the audience? Um, I would just say for boundaries, uh, figure out what yours are. Um, don't be afraid to bring in someone else to help you figure that out uh, if you need to. And then once you figure those boundaries out, stick to them. Um, and it takes practice and don't beat yourself up and have some grace, um, but learn to kind of stick with, you know, stick with the boundaries that you say that you have, be consistent and, um, you know, watch, watch life come into fruition, watch all your dreams come into fruition. No, really. Um, but you'll, you'll be healthier. Right, you'll 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 be on that journey to full wellness. So, I love just it. get started. Get started and start small. Oh, and start small and start with yourself. If if it's too hard to start externally, start with yourself. Like I will not look at my phone for three hours today. <laughs> um, Kristen, thank you so much for sharing so much insight and so much knowledge and just being the realest person I've met in my entire life and. 
um, just being an amazing individual. For everybody listening, this has been Absolutely Not. I am your host, Katrina Stroll. My special guest today was the amazing, the amazing, phenomenal, um, Will Snatcher Nick, Kristen Bell. <laughs> if you need help with boundaries or DEIB or HR in general, please reach out to her. She knows everything and can help you with anything. Um, thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much. Thanks everybody.